wrestling means each man out for himself. My main objective to get even with Andre the Giant. When you tore my shirt, when you tore the cross off my chest, when you tore the heart and souls out all those little holsters, that was the reason I got in this 20-man battle royal. You broke the rules, man. Now there are no rules. Survive with the fittest. Bodies flying out over the top everywhere. My eyes, Andre the Giant, main concern will be focused on your seven foot five, 500 pound, big nasty body. And sooner or later in the battle royal, it's gonna be just you and me. That's right. You're gonna have your eyes on this gentleman right here. But that's all you're going to have on him. He's going to have his eyes on you and his hands all over you. Because this is the greatest athlete in the history of sports. Tonight is the first time that I've ever been the prize in a match. If Randy wins, I stay with him. And if George wins, he gets the title and he gets to keep me. Tonight is definitely the scariest night of my life. If she thinks she's scared, imagine how Tito Santana and Danny Spivey feel when they meet the Hart Foundation for the first time on Saturday Night Main Event with the World Tag Team titles at stake. It may be our first time, but it'll be their last time. <laughs> it's a fact. Men get hungry. But Damien hasn't eaten in over a month, so he's really ready. So why don't you join us? A special invitation from the snake. Watch us feast on 400 pounds of white meat known as King Kong Bundy. so aggressive to you guys i'm sorry today i just wanted to do something a little different i am a self-admitted mark i've been a wrestling fan the vast majority of my life that's why i'm doing this podcast that's why i have so much fun talking about it i don't think i owe anybody anything in pro wrestling but i owe love respect and just admiration to the vast majority of the people in the business as they call it. Full disclosure, I trained for pro wrestling at the age of 15. Sweet Daddy Malcolm Monroe and uh, Gentleman Danny Cass were, were my guys. Motor City Sports Club in Detroit, Michigan, across the street from Redford High. Not too far from Redford High. So for me to say anything about like knowing what the boys have to go through and what they have to do and just training... I'll never, ever, even though I've done it, I'll never, ever try to, you know, put myself over and say, like, that I 
know anything about what these guys are doing because of as i've said before on this podcast the problem with pro wrestling fans is that we think we know every damn thing and you put a sweaty mark in a sweaty ring in just about redford michigan put me anywhere there you know uh, you put the the average sweaty mark there they'll try to act like they know everything i know a little more than most and I know a little more than everybody in the sense that I will never forget that this was a work. But anyway, all that set up to get to this morning. You know, so I'm on Facebook. I'm in a wrestling group. Don't judge me because I do have actual friends. It's fine. You know, and if you don't, I mean, you know, you got this podcast. You can tell people you know us, kind of. So anyway, this morning, a friend of mine, Jared... If you're not a plebeian, you know him by uh, his rap name, Novelist. So he, he posts these things in uh, one of our wrestling groups all the time. Says, uh, you can only pick three. That's also a part of the uh, Swordcast podcast that he and Hero Beats do. Every week's show, they have a segment called You Can Only Pick Three. They put out nine of a thing and tell you that you can only pick three. You know, internet stuff. And so he posted women of today, women wrestlers of today. Uh, the nine that he posted are Bianca Belair, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Thunder Rosa, Io Shirai, and gosh, I am so terrible with Japanese names. Hikaru uh, Ishida there. I'm pretty sure I butchered that still, but you know, AW Women's Champion before Britt Baker. Anyway, so those are the nine. And I, you know, started making my picks. And then I um, was actually, you know, normally I see these things and I just out of spite can pick three um, because I don't like to be toyed with Jared. And now here I am actually having like a bit of a conundrum. You know, as, as much of a conundrum as this could possibly be. Enough of a conundrum that I decided I needed to maybe speak on my feelings about women's wrestling in general. I don't know. I just felt like maybe I needed to say it. So I went through. But as I'm going through here, I'm having I, I had a bit of a hard time picking my three. And I still don't know if I have a three. But Bianca came rather easily just because i just love her i love her story other than her in-ring because i really do like her in-ring stuff but it's not my favorite part about her and and the, and the character is a real person and when she says uh-uh like that's real black shit man like if you's about to get your head bust by a black woman she more than likely will yell or well, not yell but she will definitely say uh-uh before doing it that's that's like a sign and you know and and i like that she is organically herself i know that her promo isn't the strongest or it doesn't come across as the strongest because it's just really hard to translate black vernacular for folks who don't understand black vernacular already if you didn't come up with it and for me to try to get that across to you in a promo it's really tough because she also doesn't speak with a pro wrestling cadence either. She kind of sounds like she's addressing a gym full of like her fellow student. I don't know. Like, like when she was saying, you don't even go here. 
that's a you know that was a reference was that a mean girls reference but it's like a high school reference and that's why i connected because it was very organic and it was very how how she talks you know and 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 like that was very easy to translate like that part was very easy to translate charlotte if you've come here for a purpose then spit it out because i'm all about dropping the queen at wrestlemania Hold up, hold up, uh-uh. You standing here, and you don't even go here. And you think you just gonna run through me and take over Portland, but girl, uh-uh. So at WrestleMania, it's gonna be you, and it's gonna be me, because I'm the EST of NXT, and you can't whoop me. People, like when Naomi says something like, I'm gonna snatch you ball-headed. Like, that's a, that's, a, that's a real, legit threat in our community. A black woman is about to, quote, get up in your ass if one of them threatens, threatens to snatch you ball-headed. But yeah, Bianca, just, you know, for the culture, a very skilled rookie still kind of like, you know, her career is very young and for her to be as believable and to be as over and for people to really like her as much as we all do, that is hard to do in this business. There are God gifted athletes who would kill to be just as over as she is. Also moving on to Bailey, just a ring general. That's hard to get in an industry, like just somebody who knows what they're doing so well, but can also teach others. We always talk about, well, we don't, we as in the, the IWC, always talks about how green Nia Jax is, how unsafe or whatever, but when you put someone like that in the hands of Bailey, what happened? Nothing, everything went over with flying colors. I don't think Bailey, I don't think Bailey was hurt. One of the admissions that we have to have is that a lot of these women wrestlers haven't been doing it as long as male wrestlers. Just paying attention to history, we kind of know that it was very difficult in the past to get trained as a man or woman. I can attest to that. It was very hard to find a place. I called Canada before somebody pointed me toward my own backyard. There was a wrestling gym right there. I didn't even know. But that was like kind of the mystique of the industry is like, how do you even get started? Like I went, <laughs> geez, now I'm thinking about this stuff. As a child, I want to say maybe I was 12 and I was in Stanford, Connecticut for reasons. And, you know, I saw the Titan Tower, WWE, WWF at the time building. And, you know, I asked my mother if we could go there. Of course I asked her. It says WWF right there on the building, the big shiny blue old school logo the wf going into its going into itself come on it's a beacon for marks you know so we went in and i remember being in the lobby at the front desk of the wwf building asking how do i start working on becoming a wrestler i was 12. they told me to go to college no no You'll shoot your eye out, kid. 
Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it was just something that, like, I obviously was like, nigga, it ain't no WWF class. I don't go to NCAA and then I get drafted on WWF draft night, nigga. Like, come on. Like, how, how do you do this? And I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe the secretary, the receptionist, was just protecting the business, I guess. I don't know. If any little Mark children come through here asking how to become wrestlers, I was ribbed. Rib them. Tell them they gotta go to college. <laughs> um, but all that to say that Bailey, Bailey is like a student of the game to be cliche and Sasha for that matter also who's right next to her another student of the game another person who like knows what they're talking about historically with wrestling and she can tell you where she was when when such and such happened or her story of coming to see Eddie Guerrero and uh not knowing that he had died until being at the show and that being the, the Eddie Memorial show it's just like nuts, man. Like that's just such a you were meant to be a wrestler type story, you know? Because you know, she was saying she was saying like the uh, R.I.P. Eddie signs and stuff, thinking that maybe he was wrestling the Undertaker that night. Like to just have to be in that kind of denial and go through those kind of emotions in one night, and then still go on to become a professional wrestler is kind of like that was like her nexus moment. She couldn't. Have, she wasn't going to be anything else. Eddie Guerrero inspired me to become a WWE superstar. I grew up watching him. There was an instant connection. His charisma, his skills in the ring, everything about him was so special. At WrestleMania 32, my gear was dedicated to him. She's gonna be wearing Eddie's gear. You were a huge Eddie fan. I was the biggest, and I was so happy to To see you have Eddie's flames on, and and to show how much you loved him meant the world to it. I want people and little girls to feel how Eddie made me feel when I watched wrestling. I wanted to have an entrance with a car. Riding in style! Everything he did in the ring, I wanted to do. Sasha with a frog splash! I love Eddie Guerrero! He was so entertaining. It was so good that you had to get behind him. Thank you for representing Eddie in such a special way. <laughs> His legacy is going to carry on forever. I hope I'm doing him justice. At this point in time, Sasha Banks in her life was destined to become a pro wrestler and a very good one and very imaginative, just as Bailey's, you know, super textbook and can tell you, you know, can teach anybody how to do a, a hip toss or an arm drag takeover. I, I really feel like she could just teach you how to do any, like, you know, because she can take anybody and teach anybody to, she, it's like, this is high praise, but, you know, kind of like a female in-ring Dusty, you know, like, yeah, you are big, so you do this and never do this, and this will look great, and we'll get you over. You know, Sasha is like the opposite. They, they're kind of, they're almost Ken and Ryu, or Ryu and Ken, like, Sasha Banks, I mean, Sasha's is Ken, she's a little flashier, she does... She, she's more prone to do some crazy shit in a match, um, you know, just because we're still in a very young period of where women 
can do crazy shit in the ring sometimes if they're nice. That's really dope that, you know, Sasha gets to be as over as she is and do the daredevil stuff and still be hot, still be, you know, she she's she's being everything. Like when you look at how small she was when she entered, you know, how like dainty that she was really. And, you know, she'll tell you like, you know, she'll see old pictures of herself and, you know, just shake her head like, wow, you know, looking at how far she came, bro. That's 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 actual in in this business where, you know, we're always on guard. We all we know everything is fake, right? We know everything. Nothing is real. And then you have to find the reality in the performers themselves. It's really insane when you think about it. I'm only a third of the way through. Okay, Jack, this is a We Should Do This Again Sometime podcast ad take one. In a world where laughter was king. No in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of podcast. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... I don't think so. In a land before time. Jack, this is a cartoon movie, and we may get sued if you use that. Uh, can you say We Should Do This Again Sometime was hosted by Kat Chinetti and V. Mark Rob, please? One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. Okay, bro, that's enough. We should do this again sometime with Cat and Mark coming to a podcast app near you. Someone get this guy out the booth, please. No, I like it in here. Becky Lynch. Dear God. Becky before going on and becoming a mother. And hopefully we see her back in the ring very soon. There was like a point in time where she was the most, she was the biggest star in the company and everybody was ready to finally fucking admit it. Like, like Vince and them almost shot themselves in the foot by not pulling the trigger on the Becky project sooner. You know, like she had been champion before, but kind of everybody's been champion before you hot potato the belt around until you try to figure out who can do what with it. You know, how many times did Alexa have it? How many times did Charlotte have it just to have put a place, you know, for there to be a place for her to have the belt for the belt to go, I should say. And we'll get to Charlotte soon. I'm not that's not a diss on Charlotte, but I'm going to get to Charlotte. Becky was as big as anybody could be, you know, like she was. And I hate to call it, you know, give her a, a, a male equivalent, but she was stone cold. She was stone cold for a minute and she was doing it her way. And there was definitely things that we saw. There are definitely parallels in there. I mean, she probably wasn't driving every vehicle known to man like Stone Cold did in his the height of his popularity. But she was as over. I mean, just being able to use social media the way she did. She was becoming the biggest star before WWE knew that she was the biggest star. And just off star power and just being able to build an organic thing and not have to do a match with, I don't know, goddamn. I mean, I guess Ronda Rousey brought some celebrity to the thing, but, you know, Ronda wanted to, was trying to be a legit wrestler, you know, at that point in time. She wasn't UFC star, you know, she was, you know, had fallen from grace a little bit, taking in a couple of losses which we all do if we do anything long enough you lose sometimes so everybody maybe shut the fuck up <laughs> i mean professionally right personally i don't know ronda's ronda's not on this list but 
Becky is, and I'm just thinking, man, like, God, she was super over, just like white hot. Like, she did the Becky Balboa thing, which I'm sure nobody wrote for her because nobody writes for women, <laughs> which actually ends up working out. But th- she did the whole Becky Balboa thing maybe a good, what, two years before they were really ready? I'm not I'm not trying to pull up any dates right now. I'm just going off my vague pro wrestling mishmash memory that can remember everything but can't remember where it all goes. It's a lot of it. It's fucking 10 hours of wrestling on TV every week. So we all got two words for ya. Suck it. Say all that to say, yeah, Beck, man, probably the most over star ever organically without pulling in a celebrity just in-house. Asuka, man, it's really hard to talk about Asuka without talking about how botched she has gotten. And none of it is her fault. And I know she's just trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit a lot of the time. And, you know, her beating Becky would have been fantastic, but we cannot have a, a, a pregnant woman rolling around with somebody who does leg kicks. Um, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, most of her glory comes in that NXT run, which was glorious as all hell. And just, I don't know, I guess kind of like the cringy nature of how, you know, they package all the Asian superstars. And um, I'm just really glad we were able to avoid cherry trees (laughs) because I'm pretty sure that somewhere in their events wanted something that sounded really vaguely racist. Some something like that. You know, I'm not going to complete I'm not going to complete the sound, you know, but it's. More than likely, it was the Oriental Express's theme song. You know, that's all I hear when I think about pro wrestling Asians getting music. Coming down the aisle with Mr. Fuji from the Polynesian Islands, playing 505 pounds, Yokozuna! There's been so much action there, we've sort of ignored who's in the ring. Take a look at this. Wow. Take a look at the girth. Take a look at 505 pounds of Yokozuna. This man is huge. Yokozuna obviously having skills on the sumo style. all over the rest of the world look at the size of this man but yeah i mean jesus obviously one of the most gifted one of the most believable wrestlers in this era and again you know we have to keep it we're talking about women of today we're talking about this modern era we're unfortunately right now we're kind of just talking about the best women's wrestling the history of women's wrestling that isn't a fucking horror movie is very short <laughs> there was like 50 to 60 some odd years however old pro wrestling is however old the wwe is wwe is like nearing 80 and of that 80 years if you want to qualify bra and panty matches as the beginning of the good era well folks tonight in addition to that we're going to find out <laughs> more about the miss royal rumble swimsuit competition Puppies! Puppies galore! 
Oh my gosh! That's like 20 years, 20, 30. Let's get, let's say 25. 25 years where the women in the business have had it good. I just slapped my knee. Of that era, the ones that we're looking at only came about in the past 10 years, right? I'll give it 15 to be nice. But suffice it to say, we have finally come a long way from the great moolah making women grab each other by the hair in training. This this was all training was. Grab hair, smack, grab hair, probably smack the other one's butt or something that would be a little salacious. It was trash. I mean, let's be honest, it was trash. And even to get to sensational Sherry, Sherry Martell, thank God for Sherry, because even though her, you know, she won't be known mostly for her wrestling career, her managerial career being a woman showing out on the roster and like furthering the show and making people better. It was like, oh, oh, okay. So they can do something besides be human trafficked by great moolah. Sweet. We'll keep that in mind. And all these years later, here we have it. But yeah, and just, just Oscar being <laughs> all that to get back to Oscar being very, very different. We're cool with women. We're getting cool with Asians. I don't think, you know, I think Vince is starting to forgive him for Pearl Harbor. No chance. So eventually, um, maybe we'll get some good booking on Asuka. The best person with the worst booking, unfortunately. Charlotte Flair is beyond the shadow of a doubt worthy of all the hype. I get it. You're tired of seeing her just the same way you're tired of seeing Tom Brady. Motherfuckers be winning. like you know given opportunities she works her ass off which is almost unfair when you are as naturally gifted and talented as she is like by trade charlotte flair is a fucking cheerleader bro like that was like her thing that was her athletics and you know some other stuff but nothing like pro wrestling so she she essentially just had to pick it up you know what I mean? Like, come on now. We know Rick wasn't teaching her nothing. Rick wasn't Mr. Homebody. He was out and about. When pro athletes are cursed by their parents being really, really good, you know, like if nobody told you that Charlotte Flair is the daughter of Rick Flair, you wouldn't. I mean, I guess you'd maybe think about it, but it's just like she's very super different from what he did. Even if they, you know, tried to mirror her, she was like, no, I can. Hey, I'm a gymnast, essentially. And like, dog, she's better than Ric Flair. All right. Let's just call it what it is. And that's fine. He was a workhorse in his day. And for what, you know, what guys did back in those days, you know, he was the tip top. He was like he was the top of the line, you know, just the same way a fucking Magnavox TV had a. Uh, picture in picture in the 90s and that was like the cutting edge if charlotte flair went back in time and they were like hey this is rick flair's daughter 30 years in the future and then she wrestled anybody they would turn themselves inside out that she would be the best wrestler they had ever seen 
I don't need to play devil's advocate because, you know, she ain't really done nothing to nobody but come in and wrestle and be real good. How dare this bitch practice? How dare she work out, push her body to the edge? And she is super gifted and she works hard. I can't be mad at that. I can be tired of her. I can't hate her. And she could dress. Whenever she incorporated that part instead of the do it with flair t-shirts as as uh hyphen pointed out whenever she decided to start dressing nigga it makes her so it almost it almost makes her dangerous like it almost it almost makes her feel like the last boss even if she doesn't have the title so in short adolf hitler's creaming his jeans from the grave but she's she's great she's great she's great it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, Son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Uh, there's only one. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch, and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyphen Podcast Squad, you never take us down. And kicking over to Thunder Rosa, the underest of the underdogs. My brother has a saying that he likes to root for the overdog. And um, me too, you know, to an extent, especially if... You know, the Pistons are the overdog or something like that. Haven't been the overdog in a very long time, but you get it. She has all of the energy that Netflix Presents Glow has. Like all the little like kick ass, you know, we can do it too. uh, Women's wrestling kind of stuff that's almost kind of like sickening, annoyingly corporate is like what it really should be in Thunder Rosa, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Thunder Rosa, kind of undersized, you know, even for like a female wrestler, I'm sure, I'm sure she's like a little short. She's, she's honestly, she's probably around the same build as Sasha, but she's got like shorter arms. She looks, she looks a little stubbier, in great shape. Not gonna say like, you know, not like stocky, but just like, you know, little, just little. But the way that she fires up when we're talking about babyface energy, babyface fire, I love it. I want to root for her, you know, just as a fan, a person that believes good things happen to good people. Like I want them to happen for Thunder Rosa, like the character of Thunder Rosa. I don't know her personally, but and probably could be like the shiniest babyface in the business if booked right. Like man, like like I could take. Oh man, Thunder Rosa and, Be- and and Becky, I would love that. In a Thunder Rosa and Bailey too, that'd be great. But like a Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa Becky, Becky, coming as close to the Bret Hart, Steve Austin double cross as you could possibly come. Like, 
I don't know. We probably wouldn't double because Thunder Rosa, I technically wouldn't have her as a heel. But just a babyface versus babyface. If I wanted to turn, if I wanted to, if I wanted to turn everybody on Becky Lynch, just like, you know, if it was time to like refresh her character, turn her heel, man, Thunder Rosa would be the way to go. Just a, just a can do spirit, man. Just, it has not to be, you know, funny. I, I guess it's funny because it is funny. But, you know, like as, as a fan, you know, the, the whole distinction of, of good versus bad does matter. Like that line was blurred with the, the, the attitude error, era. Sorry. Damn it. I was not trying to make a pun. The attitude era. You know, a big part of that was just everybody's bad ass. Dun, 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 dun. And it was just kind of. You know, it was a little redundant. It was just so happened to be so many stars that it was only so many kinds of gimmicks to go around. But you had your Stone Cold. You had The Rock to an extent. You had The Undertaker. And then you had MAGA Taker with Motor Taker. You had Triple H. You know, once he started carrying hammers and wearing draws. And he got, like, mad tough out of nowhere. And that's fine. You know, cactus. I mean, well, shit. Man, uh, uh, Mick Foley played three characters, <laughs> and one of them was a psycho. Like it was just you know that's kind of like that gimmick that goes around, and it kind of blurred it. And you know, it's a lot of stuff that AEW does that I like, and a lot of stuff that, and some stuff that I'm just kind of you know baffled by. No, I'm not baffled. It's not that deep, but just some things I'm a little kind of confused about, like the no distinction of heels and babyface. I, I don't know. I, I think that's a crucial element um, to pro wrestling. Not to say that everybody needs to be told who to like, but you should know why you like a character. I don't know if that makes sense. And it maybe it maybe it's too maybe it's too deep. But part of it is like being able to hold characters to a standard enough to care about whether or not they win or lose a golden belt it doesn't need to be a hard line all the time but in a show where pro wrestling is a show about conflict regardless of how trivial how silly how serious you know sometimes there are blood feuds where people are literally throwing fire and lightning around and then there are other times where a guy stole somebody's bike and you know he wants it back and he, when he catch that nigga, he going to beat that ass. You know, there should be a right and a wrong. Otherwise, why are these guys so mad? Everybody should just go out and just have a good competitive match, shake hands and then go home. You know, but there has to be in a situation, there needs to be a jerk and there needs to be somebody that we like that we want to root for them to punch that person in the face or put them in the figure four. Yeah. So Thunder Rosa, man, like. Renormalize where you stand, you know, let's do that. Io Shirai, yeah, a lot of people love her. I do too, but I don't feel as connected to her as a lot of people do. And a lot of people love her and for a very good reason, but I won't like pose and pretend like I 100% get it. In-ring stuff, crazy, just crazy. Look, I get it, you know? I don't know if it's just a disconnect with me personally with Io Shirai, but um, if, like if I'm being honest, I get it, but I don't. Not the way I get it with others. You know what I mean? Like Shawn Michaels is the same thing for me. Like I get it, but I don't. He's not like on my list of top 25. 
he might break 25 for me. But if you're a big Shawn Michaels guy or girl or non-binary Pearl, I get it. You know, very talented, stinking sick. But there's just something there that is not for me. For EO, again, though, like the innovation, sick. The way that she does connect with other members of the audience, I love it. Disappointing to some. Same for uh, Hikaru Ishida. I'm not, I'm also not like huge into AEW yet. I have been working my way into it, but I do like her. I do like her a lot. Man, that is really flat for us to fall on at the end of the nine. So, <clears throat> yeah, I won't, <laughs> I won't dawdle and try to drag it out and make myself sound smarter. But, um, yeah, so if I'm looking again at the nine, I think I'm pretty sure I already just picked Bianca. Yeah. Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Bianca Thunder. Sasha connects with me, but through my kids. So I don't know. I have a lot of emotional attachment to a lot of these wrestlers because I'm watching it with my daughters. And while I never needed to, you know, for one of somebody female in my family or I didn't need from I don't need for my wife or my kids or my mom or my sister or my female friends to feel a certain way to feel seen in a way or for them to exist in order for me to understand things in regards to how important something is for a woman. I understand when things are huge and try to understand very early on the things that women have to overcome every day and to see that wrestling or at least their portrayal in pro wrestling isn't one of those things that they have to worry about as much anymore you know what i mean because again i mean pro wrestling is important to me because it's important to me but if my daughters are also going to be there watching it with me i really appreciate that they don't have to see talented wrestlers like lita and trish stratus be in a match where there there can only be a winner declared when everybody's in their draws or one person is in their draws it's like that's come on we know what it was we know why they did it and you know thankfully that wouldn't fly today there are other places for you to get it you know there are some sites you can look up and you can find exactly that and more so good on you if you do but thankfully those of us who were at nxt shows or later on being able to be at wwe shows chanting women's wrestling women's wrestling literally screaming at them to do something better than what we had we were going to the bathroom on bella matches you know the time is up with you know women just pulling each other's hair and slapping each other and screaming on every single cell we didn't need that and thankfully we've moved away from that <laughs> gets me every time I hear it that if you didn't know that's my own daughter J1 we call her 
J one that was her. I may have, may have spoken about it before, but that was her first uh, WWE house show. And just as a little brown girl from Boston, knowing finding out that Sasha Banks claimed Boston as her home for so long, it was just dope. Like you heard it, you heard her reaction, her genuine, heartfelt mark out. Rather, that was her first mark out. And that was just at the sight of being. I mean, so many yards away from Sasha Banks, but somewhere just having that belief that if I say it in this room full of screaming people, you'll somehow have a little bit heard me. She gets to have that feeling for the majority of her life, whether she decides to be a wrestling fan going forward and or if that's just something it just becomes something that she used to watch with her old man. Sometimes I'm just happy that she gets to have that. I'm just happy that somebody outside of our house, outside of our blood, outside of our direct influence was able to make her feel that way because she saw herself in that character a little bit. And not just, you know, racially, because as she's gotten older, she likes a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But at that point in time, at a very early age, she was able to see someone who looked like her, who was from where she's from doing a really big important thing where she's on TV and there are thousands of people shouting her name and she's one of those thousands of people now. I'm glad for this new generation, you know, our daughters and our sons, our sons and daughters, you know, whatever they will decide to be later on in life. They get to have this. They get to see women be strong. Like, you know, I had to get mine from she-hulk and living single and all the women in my neighborhood who are raising people who are raising children on their own and you know many not but you know a lot of them were i was able to gather my attitudes toward women from really good examples and i understand that that was a luxury but now it is you know becoming you know corporate likes it now they get it finally i think a little bit but, you know, not to gatekeep inclusivity, but I was including women when it wasn't cool yet. And, you know, having a higher expectation. That's why the Bella match was the piss break, because there were some of us who were expecting more from a person who was performing on the card that you wouldn't be subject to being an object and we wouldn't be subject to have to see it. That's why we chose to go to the bathroom on those because, yes, they're all very, very beautiful. Yes, they're scantily clad, but so because when we come to a wrestling show, we want everybody to wrestle on it. I mean, unless, of course, you're doing, you know, something, something dope. You know, if you want to, if you're doing very good commentary, we want that. I don't need Beth Phoenix to strip while she's doing her thing on the commentary booth. You know, if she decides and everybody's okay with it, you know, hey, do your thing. But uh, I'm so glad that that's no longer required reading for us as wrestling fans. And wrestling fans deserve wrestling. And anybody in that locker room, boy or girl, when they step between them ropes, we expect y'all to wrestle, man. And some are better and some are not. And that's okay. But these nine characters who really sent me down a rabbit hole of my own feelings toward, you know, women's wrestling. Thank you all very much for the work that you do. 
and thank you to all the giants whose shoulders you stand on and were not celebrated and were not allowed to speak because again horror show so out of my own human decency and with the express desire to not have mark rob have to edit anymore i am going to wrap this up i'm going to borrow a line from it's like a podcast or whatever and tell you that i do love you i do trust you and i do believe in you you sweaty jerks be safe you can find Behyphen at Behyphen on Twitter and the Behyphen on Instagram. Follow Handsome Bane on Twitter and Instagram at ILA underscore POW. The Rassel Cast Power Hour is a hyphen podcast group production. Smell your latest sweaty marks. Everybody, until we see you the next time on May the 2nd from Notre Dame University when we present our next Saturday night main event. Jake the Snake is still looking for you. Hey, I'll tighten your tie. You get off my case, man. So take-